Thank you so Good much. Good morning. BBS Radio. Go ahead, man. Good morning to everybody on BBS. And um, I always wonder if anyone's really listening to us. Would you like to say your name in your city? I went no. down in Northern Ohio. Hi, everybody. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Good morning, Don. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Hi, John. You know, this is an unusual call because it's a conference call that's broadcast. So you're hearing people check into the conference call right now. And uh, we started as a conference call. And would you like to say your name in your city? Hi, Wynn. This is Cecil and Betty in the great Northwest. Hi, Betty. Hi, Betty. Hi, Cecil. Hi, Betty. Say hi to them. Say hi. Say hi. You stay Betty, come on. Say hello. <laughs> say, hi. say hi to them. Say hello. Hi, Betty. 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 Hi, Betty. Say hi. Say hi to him. Hi. <laughs> uh, hi, Betty. Do it. You're going to do it. I said hi. Just want to do it. Okay. Would you like to get some guys checked in? Would you like to say your name in your city? John Grim Washington. Lauren in the first Washington. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy, Terry. Hi, hey, everybody. Lauren. Hi, Joy. It's the Morning. Washington Peninsula contingency. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that it is. <laughs> Beautiful day here. Good. Welcome to the next call. I appreciate the name and location. Hi, it's Bonnie in California. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, 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 Bonnie. Did you know about that call we did yesterday? Yeah, I got no good reason for messing up. Well, Happy Sunday. Welcome to the next call. I appreciate the name and location. Good morning. This is Ajana. Good morning, Hi, Ajana. Hi, Edna. Hi, Edna. Hi, Roger and Roger. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, everybody. Edna, how's your husband doing? He's doing good. He's getting better every day. Thank you. Okay. Hooray. Hooray. Oh. <laughs> Tell him hi for us. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he relates to us. Oh, I met him. He's pretty cool. He's an engineer. He's really good. He is. Yes. Really Would you like <laughs> exceptional? Would you like to say your? Well, he related to Lauren. His name is. Somebody came in. Would you like to say your name in your city? Jyoti in the Hi, Jyoti. Hi, Jyoti. Hi, Jyoti. Hello. Hi, Jyoti. Hello. <coughs> hi, Jyoti. Welcome, Joe. Good morning. Oh, hi, Joe. Antonio. Good morning. Oh, hi, Joe. Antonio is sleeping. Sleeping away. No, 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 that's not me. <laughs> no, I know. A 6 a.m. or 6.30 is sleeping in. So... Yeah, so, for the, 
for the for the people on BBS listening on this call, we do something really unusual. Would you like to say your name in your city? John from Las Vegas. Hi, John. Hello, John. Welcome, John. John. Hello, everyone. Hi, Hi John. John. Hi. And you know, back in two thousand and two. I made contact with a what identified itself as a group soul that started talking to me through two consecutive personal relationships. And for quite some time, it was like a bit of a fantasy. Why are they talking to me? And um, they said there was a council of Elohim when I Googled Elohim, it was one of the words for God in the Old Testament and the names the Mormons used for God. And when I asked them, are you the same Elohim? They said, we're, we're part of the same. And they never told me what to do. I thought they would. I thought they'd say, do this, do that. And they never did. They just said to ask me questions. So thus began a series of questions and answers that is going on until this day. And I would ask them about anything, anything from how they created the universe to what happens during sex and, and the dilemma of being a human being on planet Earth in this time period. And I was thinking today, I was going to do a series Shall of questions. Shall we start the recording, Vince? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. What's today's date? The 13th, right? The 13th, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. The recording has started. This is February 13th, 2022. Win and Terry in Sedona, Arizona. Everybody everywhere. And I was just starting to talk about it. Starting in 2002, I began a series of conversations with what identified itself as the Council of Elohim, which when I Googled it was one of the words for God in the Old Testament and the name of the Mormons used for God. And would you like to say your name in your city? And that's okay, only if you want to. And, um, and so when we started communicating, I thought they were going to lecture me, but they didn't. They just said, ask us questions. And thus began a series of questions starting from no idea who I was talking to, uh, really who they were, what they did, why they were talking to me, how the universe works, how humans work, how, how this planet got into the dilemma that it's in right now. And it's been going on for years. And at a certain point, I recognized that I was getting answers to questions that 
I never heard the answers for in this realm. Even though I had been a student of metaphysical spiritual things for many years. And and we started conference calls. And when we started out, I played recordings of some of my conversations with them. And over a period of time, I got really confident and I could see how it was impacting other people. And we started doing live sessions. And today, we are going to do a live session. And I picked a topic, you know, when we come up to Sunday, I have to think of something to ask about. Sometimes I start, I don't even know what I'm going to do, and it just starts, and and we go from there. But I was going to talk about karma. And of course, almost everybody knows what the word karma means, at least in the human vernacular. It's... Um, it's like you have good karma, you have bad karma. And it has to do with we're on a track. Every human, in fact, every, everything is on a track. Everything. Birds, fish. It's all, there's this one energy that's driving all of life. It's kind of like an electrical outlet, and you can plug in all these different devices, but they, they're plugged into the same source of power, but they're all completely different. From a tree, to a cat, to a human. And in some way, we are all impacting the source, the electrical. Using the analogy of plugging into an electrical socket, everything that plugs into an electrical socket affects the electricity coming through the socket. It reduces it. Sometimes it sends energy back into it. Um, and it's somewhat of an approximate analogy and so right now, we are all plugged into a socket. And when we die, we're still plugged in. <laughs> we just are going to a different dimension. And most people are not aware that they're plugged in. They think they're totally independent and everyone else is totally independent, and they haven't made the cognition of being plugged in. Some people remember their past, their past lifetimes. And when you start to remember your past lifetimes, you get the realization that, hmm, I didn't really die the last time. My body died, but I continued. And you're carrying the memory of all of your lifetimes. In fact, on some level, 
you're carrying the memory of how you started. In other words, at one point in the universe, there was no you. And suddenly, you came into the picture. And we've already talked about that in other sessions, of how that occurred. But not many people remember that for themselves, or even have a clue, or it's even a possibility. And all we know is we're here now on planet Earth, and we remember everything that's happened to us here on Earth, and we don't usually remember things that happened before we got here, and what built up to our experience. But the idea of karma is that as you've had all these lifetimes, you have built up a memory bank that impacts you today. But you don't know what it is. And depending on how you conducted all your lifetimes, what you did, you could probably say you had good karma or bad karma. In other words, if you did a lot of hurting of other people, or unethical actions, you would build up a track of past bad karma. And it all centers around what they call the law of one. And the law of one has to do with the fact that every one of us originated from the same source, which they call the one infinite creator. And the one infinite creator is not God as we would normally define God. But it's probably as close as you get in the working of reality. And the Elohim who we communicate with are individual consciousnesses that broke away from the one infinite creator. Or the one infinite creator created the individual consciousness. And how do you create an individual consciousness? Well, the way they explain it, it has to do with spinningness. Everything that's individuated has a spin to it. Um, from the atoms that we're all made of, to the planets which both spin around the sun and spin, you know, have a rotation. It's all spinningness. They're individuations. And the spinningness is important for them to be, keep 
going to keep existing, as far as I understand. And so we've gone into great detail on this in some of our previous calls. And if the topic is fascinating, which it is to you, it is to me, it is to me, it's like, where, why are we here? People that say that, what's it all about? Um, we have a section of one of our websites, thespiritchannel.net. Thespiritchannel.net, which has a couple thousand of our past calls. And it's, it's a little overwhelming. And, you know, we're, we're in the process of organizing it all. But it's all there. At the very top of the page, there's something called topics. And one of the topics, in fact, it might be the only topic, is how the Elohim created the universe. And when you open that up, there's probably 30 to 35 sessions we did. And we kind of did it, tried to do it in order. Like, uh, how did nothing become something? And how did something become the universe, okay? And Elohim was a major um, stepping stone in this evolutionary process. And they were very high in the matrix. And sometimes the Elohim is referred to as God. But they don't want us to relate to them as God. They say they are... Um, hang on a second. <laughs> Excuse me. They say, they explain themselves to be our high, higher dimensional big brothers. And that from their position, they have the ability to manipulate or make shifts in the lower levels of reality, which we're in. So when they do that, it can look like a miracle. And they don't just do it to be nice. They have a criteria. They have a toolbox. It only works when it works. Their energy needs to be received <coughs> in this realm. And one of the things we're doing on this call is we're receiving their energies. And many people have reported back to me feeling energy on our calls. And when you feel that energy, it's a huge step in your own evolution because you're outside of your own matrix to feel the energy. And then you hear the explanations for everything. It becomes like something which puts you in a higher speed of evolution. Otherwise, you, you know, most people keep going through the same patterns from one lifetime to the next. The 
The outer circumstances change, but the pattern is the same. And this work tends to push you out of your pattern, which they call gross repeating patterns, and into a higher aspect of yourself. And not only do humans go through gross repeating patterns, even the collective of the planet goes through gross repeating patterns. And there have been many times in history, not in recorded history, this has not been recorded. Prior to recorded history, there have been civilizations that have become advanced and broke down, destroyed themselves, like Atlantis, like Lemuria, and even prior to that. And many people who are alive today are reincarnated Atlanteans or Lemurians. It's a very complex situation, and understanding it can help. And I was going to talk about karma today, um, ask questions about karma, and how does it work that we carry all of this stuff from the past, and how do we get beyond our karma so it doesn't influence us in a negative way? Now, it doesn't always, it's not always a negative influence. It can be a positive influence. For example, most of you who are regulars on the call know that during a certain period of my life, I was expressing as a singer-songwriter. I was writing really good songs, and I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And uh, I learned, in fact, I had a reading from somebody in that period of time who, a friend of mine called me and said, you've got to get a reading from this person. They're as good as Edgar Cayce, or they're like Edgar Cayce, and I studied Edgar Cayce. And in that reading, they told me the story of this past life that I lived in England a thousand years ago, and I was a troubadour. And I would go from town to town carrying the news and playing music and having all kinds of girlfriends. And they told me what happened to me in that life. Now, I didn't believe it at first. I said, how do I know this is true? And it felt right. It felt right. And they were, they were telling me the people in my life at that time, my father and my girlfriend, were people that were repeats that I knew them in the, pre, in the pre, protributor lifetime. They told me what happened. And I was thinking, after I had the reading... I was thinking about it and thinking about it. And later that same day, I had this huge epiphany because I had written a song about a troubadour. And I thought it was from my imagination. And it told the same story of my life 
that this guy told me in the reading. And I was absolutely convinced it was true and that he was accurate, and I was amazed, okay? And I started realizing the karma that I had with my father. And, um, and, and, and with the woman who was my girlfriend at the time. And it was very interesting because she was a lady in waiting in one of the little towns. And, um, I really wanted to have a relationship with her as a troubadour, but I didn't get the approval of the chief guy in the town. And it was interesting because in the song that I wrote, I'm not going to go through the whole song, I'll just tell you the first, the first verse went, in the corners of time are the ladies who wait with their sleek silver smiles polished on. And on the edges of time are the poets who watch and freeze their sleek smiles into rhyme. And it, I mean, it just laid the track right there for the whole past life. And it went through what happened with her and me and how I got killed, and that the person who was my father this lifetime killed me that lifetime. And um, I realized one of the things I learned, I knew it was true, and I knew I had to forgive my father because he, he was not, he was very oppressive towards me. He was not happy to see me in his family. And um, it felt like he, he was unjustly, what's the word? I used the word oppressive, I'll use it again, oppressive as I was growing up. And it was interesting because when I had this woman who was the lady-in-waiting, he really liked her and started to approve of me because here I was having a relationship with a woman who was kind of royalty in the town that he was in. And, um, I mean, all the details aren't that important, but the, the fact that I absolutely was sure of reincarnation and I was absolutely starting to understand karma because all these people were in my life now, and we were somewhat repeating the patterns of that life. And um, in any case, guys, you want to unmute everybody for a moment? All participants are unmuted. Now... I just thought I'd give you an opportunity before we start our session. Um, do any of you have any questions on this topic? Now, 
I'm not going to be, we're not going to be doing past life readings for people. But, you know, every Wednesday we do a call where people submit questions and we channel the answers. And many times people have asked about past lifetimes and they have given their answers. They don't always give their answer. Sometimes they say it's not in your best interest to know at this point. You're not ready for that, okay? And we've, we've probably done things that we would feel really guilty about that have been horrible or, or, or whatever. So unless you're ready to process that, it's better to not know about it, okay? But um, anyone have a question about the topic that I'll consider including? I have a question, but I'm not sure that it is exactly on the topic. Well, um, but a, a coincidence, because I sent you a file, an audio file on Karma. Did you listen to it? A file on Karma? Yes, the audio file today. And you sent it today? I did, channeling to music. The subject was karma. Uh, was one of our <laughs> one of our past one of one of our past sessions? Yes. <laughs> you can uh, I don't I know didn't you can I don't... play it because I brought the license. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't listen to it. It's, okay. Wow, but it's seven minutes I, long. I don't think I'll have time on, to put it. No, it was based on the last session, which was really good on karma. Mm -hmm. Now I do have a question that is kind of general, but I think it might be important, and I've been meaning to ask it. Um. How does the higher frequencies from the channeling remain in the audio file after the event has ended? How does so the higher, higher frequencies from the, the channeling from the, from the channeling. channeling? In other words, when they do a channeling... Where does the energy yes. of the channeling keep existing, okay? Yeah, from the channeling right? remain... Yeah, how does your higher frequencies from the channeling remain in the audio file after the live event has ended so that when you listen to it, you can feel the energy? And I've played some of these things to other people, and I can feel the energy coming from the channeling and the audio file. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Well, you know when you listen to a song and the song touches you, right? That song is now a recording. It's not happening in the moment. But the composition of the song, the energy of the song, invokes the same emotion, whether it's a recording or whether it's live, right? Yes. How does, how, but how, how does, does the work? Elohim? 
But how does the Elohim's energy, the higher frequencies, remain and come across in the audio file? <clears throat> well, I would answer that by saying that it's similar to a song because the whole structure of their communication has that energy connected into it. And so when you play it back, it brings in the energy of the original communication, which is them. And <laughs> but, so, but also, let the Elohim answer, because they might be paying attention to the people who are listening to the audio. Yeah. Well, it brings their energy in, and if the person expands their energy... In a very early channeling, I asked them, how do you, there's so many billions of people on this planet, how can you possibly pay attention to individual people, okay? And, and they answered it, and they said, when somebody's energy... Expands, excuse me, I'm going to change my headset. I'm going to be just one second. This is a, a really, really important question. And uh, I'd like to be able to get a really clear <laughs> recording of it. Okay, well, I will ask it again, how that, exactly how that works. But yes, how the, would, how the higher frequencies I, I, from I, the channeling I, I would, remain in the audio file. Because you see, when when people aren't here anymore, the only thing that's going to be left are the are the audio files. Mm -hmm. So this is really well, really I would important. Say, I, would, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would. Yes. I would, Larry. I would suggest that what happens is when you play the audio file. I mean, the audio file is just a bunch of frequencies that are digitally put together, right? And they're stored mm -hmm. in a digital way, right? But when they're played... Yes, but there's, there's a real it, energy that is alive. It's right. not a digital type of frequency. It's a real energy of, um, of, of uh, well-being of peace, and people say that they can feel um, the benevolent um, energy, and I can feel their energy changing as they listen to it, and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens and, is, and is the I two see of you... the transformation in people as they listen. 
but let's let's move on. I do believe. Yeah, that's my question. If you take, if you take, I'm reaching you a number of times. And if you take oh, the analogy, Lauren, be quiet. I'm concerned that you. <laughs> we got. It. Well, the lines are open still. Yeah. I got to mute Lauren. <laughs> there we go. I have a question. It's like, well, let me just make a comment on CJ, and we'll, okay. we'll let them address it. But um, when, when, it's like listening to a song. I mean, a song has an emotion to it. It has a feeling. It draws you in. It touches you, it can lift you, and when you listen to it, you're taking something which is just a digital thing and turning it into sound, which goes into your ears, where it recreates the original um, thing. Now, now the songwriter doesn't know you're listening, probably, but the Elohim can tell that you're listening, and um, because they can feel your frequency expand, okay? But let's leave it at that, and I'll ask them the question, okay? And I'll write it down here, okay? Yeah. Great, thanks. How can you... Okay. And somebody else had a question. Uh, what was that? Bonnie. This is Bonnie. Bonnie. And uh, okay. without making it a personal question, I, I'm just wondering if karma was uh, uh, involved in creating the cycle of reincarnation uh, here on the earth plane for me. and my crew. Well, you know, I'll just share. Years ago, Bonnie asked a question about something, and they gave an answer, and I said, She's never going to believe that, okay? But <laughs> she did. And it really resonated with her in some way. And that and she I have had a question. Been on, well, let me just make this comment to Bonnie. So when they answer it, you know the context of it, that she was involved in a, a crew from another planet that crash-landed on Earth and got stuck here and then got caught up in reincarnational cycles on Earth. And she wanted to know how they drifted from the spaceship to the reincarnational cycles. And I would ask, I mean, is that true? 
for all spaceships that crash on Earth. The, the people get caught up in reincarnational cycles here. Because you would think they're still caught up in the cycles of their home planet. So I'll ask that question, okay? And who else had a question? Uh, it's a general question, Lynn. Um, I was thinking when somebody comes and uh, have a life of a psychopath and do very horrible stuff and uh, hurt people, and they come back, aren't they bringing the genetics in their genes that that what they did before? Or are they being changed in some way before they come in? Is that a mentoring? Is that a different genetics? I would guess, I would, my answer is, I would guess, hang on, I'm just writing down this down. When you come back and reincarnate, you have the memories of all your past lifetimes, Okay. And and a, probably the most recent one might be the most influential, but maybe not necessarily so, okay? And, uh, I mean, for example, when I was mm-hmm. writing about... about Can you listen to me? Sure, I was trying to be a listener. One second. I got it. When I was writing The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, I understood that David Wilcock was most definitely Edgar Casey. But Edgar Casey went through all his past lifetimes. And in, in one of his most recent lifetimes, maybe the most recent one, he was kind of a described by himself as a a guy who used psychic powers for self-serving purposes. And he was a womanizer and a gambler, okay? And when Wilcock came, or when Casey came back as Wilcock, he was still carrying the, the memories of those lifetimes. And from my point of view, and I even put this in the book, and Wilcock even improved it, which I didn't think he would. But he was working out aspects of that lifetime as a womanizer and a gambler where he used psychic powers for self-serving purposes. And uh, it's one of the reasons that Wilcock does not have the same manner as you would think of Casey, who was a quiet, dedicated guy, dedicated to the service, bringing his channelings through, and and really wanted attention this lifetime. And in fact, there was an indication that during his Casey lifetime, he objected to the fact that uh, he he was not getting personal recognition 
and people were only interested in this channeling that came through him, the voice that came through him. And it was not being satisfied. So in this lifetime, David would not bring himself to the world in that way if he didn't want to repeat that pattern of the Casey last time. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily the most recent lifetime that you're going to be working everything out. Okay? But I'll ask the question, and we'll see what they say. Anyone else have a question? question? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. When, by who, and for what reason was karma created? When, by who, for what reason? Okay. Now, if I was going to give a quick answer to that, I'll ask it. But I would say, if you followed the track of how the universe was created, the first thing that existed were energy units, okay? Not physical bodies. They were souls... And there was no physicality. And then, as the creation process continued, there became physical bodies. And then the souls occupied the physical bodies. Now, the, the souls were immortal. And the physical bodies weren't. So every time a soul would come into a physical body it would be modified by the experiences of that body. And when the physical body died, the soul had a new format to it based on the experiences that happened in that lifetime, which you could call the karma starting to uh, develop. Okay? Does that make sense? Sort of. Pardon me? Sort of. Sort of. All right. I'll ask it and see what they say. I'm I'm, I'm really thinking about, you know, the the origin of karma. When did karma came into being? Was there a reason for it? Well, you, you know, we tend to think that Everything was created by this precise design, and they knew what they were doing. But they don't really represent it that way. Uh, I don't know if they sat there and they said, we're going to create karma now, we're going to do this. I, I would say that if you listen to our sessions, you realize it was a big experiment. They didn't know how it was going to work. And uh, and they were learning as they went. But it was a, natu- a natural result 
of just yeah, that way. That's, that's my question. Is it a natural uh, creation or was it an intentional creation? I think it was an accidental creation. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay? It's just, you know, it was the way it unfolded. Okay? In other words, if it didn't work that way, every time... If it didn't work that way, you would not be immortal. You would just have one life, and you would go back to Creator, and then you'd have a, there'd be another lifetime, and you'd go back to Creator, right? But since all the lives were consecutive of the same soul, then the soul would modify itself by the memories and, and the actions of that particular life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. But I'll ask them, okay? And one more question, one more question if anybody has it. No. Okay. All participants are muted. So we're going to, we do this little invocation to call in the light, uh, to bring in the higher sources and protect our space from any negative intrusions. And let me just see if I can hear Terry. Terry, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. All right. And I hear you. Good work. Okay. Father, Father, Mother, God, and thank you for being here today. Okay. We so appreciate you. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect Terry and myself and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerns. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies. This service is provided in high definition me, through the Milky Way. Through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke the group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us, and we create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And do we have our sources present? Yes. 
We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. It is our joy when we are able to make contact with you and to be able to uh, assist in answering questions that you may have that would help you develop your evolution uh, through your path in the lower densities. If we ever see anything that doesn't make total sense to you, then uh, disregard them or take them under consideration. Uh, We are only here to uh, create harmony and um, chances to assist you in your path. We are an aspect of the Elohim group and combined with an aspect of the Ra group to bring you um, connection and also let you know that you are not alone. Do you have questions? Well, in my initial preamble talk, we were talking about karma and maybe I can turn it over to you to give any clarifications or overviews on the nature of karma. Um, I mean, we know, I know, that every human is on a track. Of, they started in this realm, and they started from nothing and became conscious and 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 they bonded to a body at some point by some mechanism or another and now they have the karma of the body as well as the karma of the soul I think I think you could say that all right and um, and and they usually descend into a lower, more dense thing, and they have no memory of anything at that point, and they're trying to figure it out. And and they want to, if they're on a spiritual path of seeking, they want to understand the big picture, and they want to play out their role as a human in the most effective way possible to um, speed up their evolutionary process and and even perhaps graduate this realm and go into the next density or higher. And so could you explain from your perspective and for anyone that's on BBS, the source we're talking to existed before there was a physical realm. At least they say that. And they've been pretty consistent in the way they address, have addressed all of our questions. And so um, they have the memory of watching the universe evolve for billions of years and can tell us very specifically what's happened 
and uh, and so we're going to turn it over to them to get their answer. And thank you so much for being here with us and helping helping us understand these things. Thank you. We bring you information that is always the same as the information applies all all times. We take a moment and we uh, take a look at karma. Karma is the balancing of energies. It is the buildup of the uh, bundle of um, hologramic um, experiences that an individual has that affects the individual when an individual um, expresses himself in a way that is uh, detrimental to the others around him. The others around him um, and he are at odds. There is a differential of um, there is a difference between the experience of the person, say, that was taken advantage of and the person that was um, uh, perfecting his uh, taking advantage of the other. It's, it's a situation like that. One individual is taking advantage of the other. He is building up a difference between himself and the other, a difference in um, energy, a, a difference that he has... Um, maybe more material wealth and the other has less material wealth. Uh, and this difference, uh, energetically, vibrationally, seeks balance. It seeks, seeks to even out. And it acts like a pressure on the individual that has taken advantage of the other. This is a build-up. It gets built up. The more a person does it, the more it builds up. And so, therefore, you have things like, uh, like the power card in... in uh, in... Um, it's a row uh, where uh, they're building up um, their um, 
story, their ego, their uh, wealth, their position, and uh, it is getting uh, bigger and bigger, and uh, there is more of a differential between the individual and the others, and this seeks to even out in the laws of the universe. Um, It seeks to um, bring the the one that is has taken advantage of the other and taken things from the other. It seeks to balance out, uh, and so the one who has committed uh, the uh, injustices against the other. Uh, is at risk of having uh, a loss of uh, being brought down of um, a big uh, evening of uh, the positions. Uh, karma is in uh, building up of an imbalance that is seeking to right itself and is um, riding with the individual uh, and is seeking uh, to even out and um, bring him in alignment with the others. It can be good. An individual may have built up a lot of service to others, helped others immensely, and this would be building up good karma for him that at some point where um, he is to even another life or later on in the same life, uh, the uh, good things uh, can uh, begin to happen to him. Does this make sense? Yes, it does. Um, I want to ask you, another way of looking at it, same thing, but from a different angle, is that there's a natural motion towards oneness. Whether you're service to self or service to others, Everything is part of the same source. So every interaction you're making with another person is moving towards that oneness or moving away from it. And when you move away from it and you do something, you're doing something to benefit yourself and uh, it hurts the other person, okay? On the surface, in the lower realms, you may seem to have benefit, like, oh, I made all this money, or, you know, I took that person's energy and sex and walked away and now I've got it and they don't have it and I'm not giving anything back to them. Are all the many ways that people 
do that, they're now creating an unbalance on an unconscious level uh, where they win in the moment, but since they're separating themselves from oneness, it creates a distortion that affects their soul that needs to be remedied. Now, am I saying that in a way that makes any sense? Yes. Yes, it is mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. So, you can't help but create that unbalance when you are not operating and honoring the motion towards oneness. And in the lower levels, you can accumulate energy. You can accumulate money but it's still leaving an out-of-balance situation in your higher plane of, highest plane of existence, which then is wanting to be remedied and cleared so that you can continue your evolutionary process. And this whole thing I'm describing can take millions of years or hundreds of thousands of years or tens of thousands of years because that unbalance moves from one lifetime to the next. Okay? It's, if, it, 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 you, when you die and you've created those unbalances, when you're born, you have those imbalances. Now, Sija was questioning... Um, And I made the comment that it's complex because your soul is carrying the good things and the bad things, and um, or the positive and the negative things, the things that moved you towards oneness and the things that moved you away from oneness. And if one lifetime you did spectacular things of service, moving yourself and people around you towards the experience of oneness, which you could say is love, okay? Not not romantic love, very high love, high care, high compassion. And the, um, the negative side would be, me first, how do I win? I don't care who loses. It's moving you away from your own evolutionary path, but it can still move you up the dimensions, but not to the highest place, because the imbalances are all recorded forever until they're balanced. And is that making any sense? Yes. Yes. It does make sense. Yes. So we're all carrying our souls all the time, eternally. And if you're just not taking that into consideration and dealing with how do I win now, 
regardless of who loses, then you're creating an imbalanced situation and that um, if you come into a new life with that imbalanced situation, but you have a track that every life wasn't like that, it was one life, how does that new life determine which, what it's going to do and how it's going to um, conduct itself in the world? Thank you. Individuals can get triggered uh, by events in their childhood uh, into one period in their life, I see, that would be service to others. Um, They may not have been triggered into that, uh, except for certain circumstances. It is usually lessons that they need to learn, so if they use this big area of service itself that is sitting there in their track and needs to be um, adjusted or balanced out, but then there's certain uh, triggers that can take them into it. And then once they are in it, uh, <clears throat> their lessons begin about, uh, like when they are serviced to self, uh, that... Um, This can create problems the service the other person does not have, and it can can uh, trigger the karma from the past life that has been built up and caused them a great deal of growth uh, and um, turmoil even uh, as they uh, go through their lessons. Mm-hmm. When a person realizes that they have a certain karmic path that they're repeating and they feel stuck and um, what can they do to propel themselves out of that path? Because I know I've experienced this, and I I know what I did. Because I experienced, I used my father as an example, who killed me in that troubadour life. And um, when I was growing up, it felt like I could never please him. I could never be good enough. And it was as if he was still killing me. And I had a lot of resentment for him. And um, I couldn't wait to leave home. And suddenly, when I got on my own, I felt this huge sense of freedom. But I still had this incredible sense of self-rejection, which connected with him. And then when I heard that past life story, and I recognized it as being, had to be true, I said, I have to forgive my father. And it took me years to work on that. And I probably still have it in me, a kind of a self-rejection aspect that um, 
made huge progress in it, or I wouldn't be doing this now. But at various times in my life, it seemed like impossible to get through. It just every day, there I would be, rejecting myself, feeling unworthy, um, etc., etc. And how does someone, once someone can identify a pattern that comes from the past, and they don't have to remember the past specifically. All they have to do is observe themselves very honestly and observe their patterns and say, why do I keep having this pattern? And invariably, it's going to relate to something in the past. And even when I knew my father's situation with me, um, I still couldn't clear the pattern. I was still rejecting myself. And so, could you comment on this? Yes. Are you willing to um, cover this on the air? <laughs> Am I going to be embarrassed? <laughs> oh, no, I've told enough. I've told enough. I think I can handle it. You know, just lets me be human. <laughs> Uh, there is, it is a very good uh, example and a very good lesson. Uh, we could uh, go into it further um, to uh, explain how exactly how it works to the audience. Well, I would say there's many people listening who probably are experiencing this incredible stuckness, and they want to get over a pattern. And they want the Elohim to wave their magic wand and say, fix this. <laughs> there was somebody coming into our group uh, that, used to, that made a custom license plate, or a sticker on our car that says, Elohim, fix me. <laughs> and and um, it didn't work because... We are each part of God, or all that is. We are each totally creating our reality. And, you know, as I've come to understand it, the Elohim can give us energetic support. They can give us huge wisdom and looks at things. But we still have to clear it ourselves. So address the way... One can clear it. And if you want to use me as an example, feel free to do so. Thank you. When you are in the physical world, in the third density, moving into the fourth density, there is a lack of information. The light one experiences the uh, illusion around you, the, your surroundings, uh, your understandings is lacking information. And you do not have enough information uh, to uh, totally resolve uh, paradoxes that arise. And, 
understand how they happened and uh, all the situation involving it. Uh, so people jump to conclusions. They make a choice. Uh, like, uh, he, uh, he was wrong and I was right. And uh, But they didn't have all of the information. As you move in, graduate into the fourth density, you have more information. Uh, you have uh, the aspect of love that helps you to create a more knowledgeable solution. Uh, the attempt, say, to uh, love the other person. Uh, then, but they're still lacking of wisdom. As you move into the fifth density and you get more wisdom about situations, the light in the fifth density has more information in the light that is surrounding you that you are experiencing. Once you move into the sixth density, then the paradoxes resolve. So how could that happen? Um, the other individual was obviously wrong, um, and you're obviously right. Uh, but are you uh, then, in, in your conclusion, considering all of the factors? How did the other person act the way he did? Why did he do such an irrational thing? Uh, what were his uh, conclusions and his uh, decisions based upon? Uh, he's obviously wrong because he, he really uh, screwed me up here. Uh, but why did he uh, come to those conclusions? Uh, so he was an innkeeper and he had a family and he was, he, he was uh, concerned about the community and he was very protective of the young girls and uh, didn't want to see uh, them uh, come into any kind of... Uh, the danger, so um, uh, if he saw that there was a danger in the um, activities uh, of uh, someone new or um, a person that was um, repeatedly coming to town and maybe taking advantage of the young girls, and um, the, then his um, viewpoint of uh, protection and importance of uh, the family uh, unit, uh, protection of the family unit, um, may have caused his action. Uh, and may have been protective, and he may have been sort of a hothead and acting uh, by impulse. And uh, what exactly were uh, his father's reasons for what he did? 
he didn't do it out of just uh, the blue. And uh, how was this interaction between you and your father and from his uh, point of view in attempt to balance uh, your uh, karma and uh, build up the irresponsibility of your actions. Um, see, when the individual that has done something that seems irrational, when you look at it, uh, it may have been, the their actions may have been totally irrational. Uh, and, uh, yet, uh, when you take into account their past lives, uh, things that might have happened to them, and conclusions that they have made on how to operate in the world and have the best outcome uh, and uh, their belief systems. You take all that into account, but there is some um, rationale for their um, the responses. And once that rationale is completely understood, and the rationale and the uh, responses may not even be logical or um, reasonable in light of the current circumstances, but when you take into account their past, and things that have happened to them in the past, conclusions that they have made or automatic um, knee-jerk responses to something that's happened, say, in their past life, um, then uh, if all of that information were on the table and known, then the paradox between it would all resolve. Now, of course, they're talking about my father, who had um, ki- killed me. And yes, why did he do that? Did he suddenly yeah. just uh, go crazy for no reason? Or was there something that he was trying to accomplish by that? Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. uh something that triggered him in your actions that wasn't right in his real world that he carried mm-hmm. into this lifetime, not even realizing he had uh, this interaction with you previously. Mm-hmm. He made a decision about you back then. Yes. And I remember it was said to me in this reading I was referring to, that um, that because he he killed me, he created a link that I chose to be I chose to be incarnated into that family because I wanted to be in Philadelphia, and um, right, and I, I was I when I made that choice on the other side. Was I aware of all the ramifications of it? 
Uh, you were all a part of your hologram. Uh, you, you were acting out of. Mm-hmm. Although you did not realize all of those things, all of your past experience, and your father did not either. He was acting mm-hmm. out of his hologram, and it created a big impasse between you based upon your conclusions in the past about each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, does he still pay attention to me on the other side? You are very important to him. Mm-hmm. You have been an instigator and some important lessons for him. Did, You're a did, part um, of the balancing of his karma. Did did the fact that I forgave him make a big impact on that the other side? That meant a lot. That mm-hmm. meant a lot, yes. Because he doesn't want I mean, to be in a adverse position to you. Mm-hmm. They, you know, in the in the heart of his soul. As we got older, as I got older, um, you know, I was very difficult for my father because he was very conservative and, you know, and, and, you know, he wanted me to grow up with a career and to be you know, successful in the world in an ordinary sense and to be an electrical engineer. And, you know, I went to college and I was, you know, working on that track, fulfilling that. And then when I got into college, I went wild. I said, I'm free. And I I started to be open to new ideas the new ways of thinking, and and when I started writing songs, I realized I was able to create lyrics that touched other people in a way that I never experienced being able to touch anybody in my life before. And, I mean, my father went crazy about it because I, I was dropping out of school, and he was... He was paying the bills and supporting it, and I wasn't interested in pursuing being a physics major or an electrical engineer anymore, and suddenly I'm hitchhiking around the country, (laughs) and I remember uh, how when I stayed at my parents' house in Philadelphia, and I was with my girlfriend at the time, who was a great influence in my life in in college, because I was a nerd, and she was into all these esoteric, metaphysical, astrology, health food, and I used to think she was a nutcase, and I remember we stayed at my parents' house, and um, we were busy (laughs) doing yoga, in the living room in the morning, and my father got up and looked at us and said, what is this? What's going on here? You know? And then 
one time she had something that was broken. I can't remember what it was, and he fixed it for her. And it totally impacted her. It's like she really liked him. And I even liked him at the time because he did something out of context for himself. And, um, but, you know, as I got older, he started to have some degree of respect for me, for what I was doing. And, you know, I'd be influencing people and in a positive way through my music. And, you know, I was still acting like a troubadour, though. I was going from town to town. I'd play in little coffee shops. And and I was having all of these synchronicities. And, you know, when you were talking about going from 3D into 4D into 5D into 6D, I uh, my experience has been I don't think it's a linear progression. I think you can move into 5D and then you move back into 3D. And when you're in 5D, and maybe even 4D, and certainly 6D, you have gotten beyond the karma. But you can't stay beyond it. You fall back into it. Um, it is hard accurate, when you're in the density of the density of choice, the density of duality. It is hard to stay within it because you have an environment that is not within it. Yeah, that takes a lot of work to stay within it, and um, and it's like, and you get pulled back very easily, and you can go back and forth and back and forth and. I felt there were periods of time when I was traveling, I had let go of 3D, and I was having constant synchronicities, and I couldn't believe it, you know? And uh, But I didn't know how to stop traveling, because I would fall back into the lower-level patterns of, you know, in this realm... You do have to earn a living. You do have to be able to figure out a way to survive. Now, you don't have to. You can be homeless. And, you know, there are some homeless people that seem to be very, very content with being homeless. And they've found a way to work around the, the survival things one way or another or live on very little. And... They don't act destitute. And and um, and maybe it's a way of staying above your karma to to play that out that way. You guys have an opinion on that? Um each individual has their own particular circumstances, um, when you describe the situation between your father and you, when you uh, quit college and began to travel from uh, town to town and play music, 
uh, it's very similar to uh, the lifetime where he um, encountered you and mm -hmm. to what you were doing in that lifetime and what he objected to back then. So mm -hmm. this is a, a balancing of karma working out between the two of you uh, with a different mm -hmm. outcome this time. Uh, mm -hmm. He was learning uh, as you were learning. Uh, you, were, you were learning uh, some to respect him more, and he was learning uh, to respect you more. Uh, so this is a really good example of the balancing of karma. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I could have just hated him for killing me, you know? And my first you probably was, did hate him to for some yeah. uh, degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he probably now, hated you for uh, uh, not being how he wished you were. Mm hmm. Okay. L let me go on. Well, let me just ask the question. In general, when someone realizes they're being under the influence of a past life, even when they don't know what the past life was, they don't have the recall or they haven't had a reading, um, but they have you know, what you call a gross repeating pattern, which is usually... Um, from a past life or past lifetimes. We repeat the same pattern over many lifetimes. How can, a, how can a person approach clearing that and getting out of that influence? Well, one thing is they can usually tell that there's something wrong, something going on as things may get more intense and more intense and more intense, is the differential between the two um, uh, situations that are presenting themselves get um, more and more clear, uh, and they can, they, things can get worse, and uh, the pressure can build up, and... Uh, and it could get worse and worse, uh, and uh, a person can sit back and observe what's going on and their feelings and uh, the feelings of other people and um, the information about the basis of it is all there within the illusion uh, that they're experiencing. Uh, there is the uh, hologramic um, influences around them, and it is affecting them. And uh, then uh, it is trying to tell them something. It is trying to balance. And uh, the more they realize about it, then they may be able to get flashes into the original incident. And once they can determine... Um, what the uh, the data of the original incident is, what happened in the original incident, 
it can resolve really fast and they can um, have derealizations. They start having realizations in their lifetime. Oh, oh, wow, you know, um, this is the reason that uh, all this is going on like this. Uh, uh, And and it can diffuse uh, at that point when they... (laughs) It builds up pressure, 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 intenseness, uh, uh, conflict more and more and more. And, and it is trying uh, to kind of bring in both sides at the same time, creating conflict. The more they realize about it, and then they realize, oh, well, oh, you know, I acted a certain way then, and here's what I did, and it really... I don't have to act that way now. It doesn't really apply right now. Uh, and, and then they can let it go and begin to uh, re- have realizations, after realizations even about uh, their, their path. And, and it can then reclassify in their uh, category of experience in, into uh, experience and wisdom that they can then tap into to give some guidance. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe asked the question, and I tried to answer it, but I'll ask it fresh here. When and by who and for what reason was karma created? It is a result of the law of one, uh, where... Um, when there is a distortion in in the field, there would be no life if there was not distortions in the field of the one infinite creator. The distortion can get more gross. It can be a slight distortion. Um, if it is a big distortion uh, between uh, what it would be just like to be simply the one totally harmonic, uh, harmonious. Uh, if there is a um, little distortion, uh, then uh, it is not so disruptive. But if it is a big disruption, a big uh, distortion, uh, then between the uh, high distortion um, in the field of, of uh, the beliefs of some person, say, uh, and then he has a big distortion, distorted view of things between himself and somebody else who maybe uh, has the distortion of uh, living calmly and harmoniously, this is still a distortion in the field. If there was no distortions in the field, there would be no life, no existence. Everything would be the one infinite creator uh, unmanifested. Um, So it is automatic that uh, as an individual, distortions disagree with uh, the distortions of others, it creates an imbalance, an attempt to even out and um, 
uh, smooth out and uh, the distortions uh, become less. There is always an effort for the distortions to become less, which based gives uh, the law of karma. Mm-hmm. And when you have an incident like I had with my father, okay, um, did I have to come back and work it out with that particular person, or would have other people come into my life that would create opportunities to balance it? Other people could have come into your life that were similar to your father. Uh, other people uh, were in your life that were similar in their views that uh, you shouldn't be uh, simply this um, vagabond, uh, that you should get a job and you should be conservative. Other people, uh, many in society, believe that and were uh, opposed to the hippie life and considered Mm -hmm. it degraded. Thank you. Well, my father's paying attention. Tell him I said hello, and I loved him. I love him, and thank him for being a part of my evolution. Yes, he is respecting you. He is respecting you. He is learning from this. <laughs> Thank you. And let's see here. Um, Sija asked the question of when somebody listens to a tape, a recording of one of our sessions, she feels the energy come in just as much as she does on a live call. Yes. And how can that happen with just uh, an audio? The um, the words represent uh, the illusion. The words represent the um, uh, original uh, words and that were given back in time, and uh, and they um, uh, trigger the original awareness in the original field, uh, which then uh, become uh, bring in the awareness of the individual, and so uh, whether an individual listens to it. Uh, audio, read the transcript, they invoke the same original energies. It was right through time. Go ahead. Bonnie asked, now, you know, she had that reading a long time ago about her spaceship crashing, and she and the crew continued with reincarnative patterns on Earth. Yes. And why would they not go back to their original planet? It seems like, you know, at first glance, their energy, energies would have been connected to their home planet. Why would their souls not 
continue back on the home planet. Because they were stuck in time, and they considered that this was uh, a spaceship which would take them back was broken, not working, that they were stuck. They considered they were stuck and uh, focused on the stuckness and the new uh, area they were in and the environment, and they did not uh, re-totally focus themselves to go back. Mm -hmm. They could have, though, if they wanted to. Yes. Yes? Well, if she knew the key of... um, uh, totally refocusing on returning. They would have gotten back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, somebody else says, if you have a life as a psychopath and then you reincarnate it, is it likely you're going to still come back as a psychopath? Uh. As a psychopath, you even as a psychopath, they learn lessons, and uh, unless they learn the lesson of um, of uh, love and uh, harmony, uh, and and if they particularly had had some kind of a success as a psychopath then that would create a holding on to the psychopathic experience uh, to a great, greater degree and even uh, to intensify the experience of a psychopath in the attempt to get the result that they may have once gotten or the high they must have gotten once from it. Um, unless... Uh, it, it, it can intensify their psychopathic experience uh, until maybe somewhere it gets so bad that it, it's like the pressure on them uh, is so great that they uh, can maybe decide to uh, take stock of where they're at. Mm-hmm. And... We can agree that this thing we're calling karma is carried in your soul matrix. That's correct. Am I correct? Yeah. That's correct. And, you and are oriented a, in a certain uh, in a certain uh, degree. So if you are oriented towards actions that build karma, but your belief systems until they change or you begin to realize something's wrong, you will keep trying to teach you the lessons of the law of one. Mm -hmm. Now, the Akashic Records, some part of your soul must be connected to the Akashic Records, which apparently store everything. Am I correct? Yes, they, they, they are. It's like... We would say more than connected, they are part of the um, universal interactions. They uh, are leaving the trail of uh, the um, uh, historic memories. 
Mm-hmm. That's why we call the social memory complex. We are a social memory complex. It's a rocker. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, there was one incident where someone I knew who was channeling unexpectedly, suddenly, I was communicating to the soul fragment, I use that word, Yes. of someone they were in the past that I was married to. And I was yes. talking to the person in the past. Yes. And I still, I still don't understand how that was possible. Okay? Um, but it they happened. went into the experience of the past time. And we're acting mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. So that past lifetime still exists in their matrix. The total it is memory still present. It. it is uncreated until they activate it, and then it becomes created. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I think we should go to our healing list. It's 12, what time is it? 12.49. I've gone too far. Too much time, but thank you so much. I hope this all gave somebody, the people listening, some keys on uh, getting through their karma and working it out, ways to do it. I hope so. And you might listen to it again because there was a lot of triggers in this that you might catch on the second time that you miss on the first time. And um, anything you'd like to say in closing? We send you uh, greetings on your path uh, way uh, in your evolution, uh, in your desire, in your seeking uh, to find your way. Thank you. Thank you. And on that note, is Sija there? I am here. Does Terry need a break? No, I'm good. Does Terry? Thank, thank you. That's good. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me, guys. Okay. Um, let's see. How big a healing list do we have today? 13, 13. Did you count count it, Cesar? Uh, Twelve. 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 Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Thank you. Now, just a comment about this healing list. The Elohim has the ability, and I say this because, not only because they've said it, because I've observed it, numerous times. They have the ability, and the raw group both, have the ability to influence what you could call the field that you are. And when circumstances allow it, they can change outcomes. 
they can shift outcomes in a more positive direction. And sometimes there are miracles of healing and other ways of helping changes in the energy of a relationship with you and someone else that suddenly shift in a more positive direction when previously it was not in that way. And so we go through a list here where people put their requests and they make comments to what you say. And one of the things that happens is when you do this, and they look at you, it creates a link, energetic link between you and them when they retreat from your field, because they go into your field and look at it. And if you can track that link later, it makes the possibility of making a more ongoing connection with them. So on that note, we're going to go through this healing list. I'm going to pass it over to Sija. And we have a form that people fill out online. And that form is at this, this URL. In the light. One word. In the light. Dot. Intelligent dash infinity com in the light dot intelligent dash infinity dot com and if you if you add something to it right now it might even get added before the call ends. We're going to end up going over our time on BBS, which is at noon Pacific. And the telephone conference call is going to continue. And uh, if you want to tune into it on the telephone line and hear the whole healing list, you can go to the spiritchannel.net. And it has the phone number to call for this, this call, the spiritchannel.net. And I turn it over to Sija. Thank you. <clears throat> I'd like to call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list, a subject of the healing list, Listening to the call, listening to the replay, or reading a transcript. Joy from Squim, Washington. Dear, dear friends, Lauren of Forks, Washington, asks me to ask if there's anything in particular for him to focus on to improve his health. And we thank you for your support of healing for all of us listening to this call who are open to it with love, love, love. Thank you. 
Thank you. Give us a moment. We are looking at uh, different things. There are some things that we do not wish to say um, uh, on the air, um, but uh, continue with your um, uh, healing work with the experiment on the uh, uh, elimination of any spike protein picked up from the shedding of other individuals that have been vaccinated. Uh, we realize that saying this may uh, send uh, vibrations to people on the call that have been vaccinated and um, they may wish to discover more about that. Uh, they could address, uh, look up uh, Dr. Robert Malone, who was the creator of uh, the mRNA uh, vaccine principle, uh, the, the discoverer of it, um, and his comments on it, um, and to investigate further. Um, the uh, other thing to look at is um, a balancing of uh, your uh, what, what it is that uh, you uh, desire and don't desire uh, to uh, not be harsh on yourself or judgmental and realize it is not over until it is over, as you know. Um, and we send love to Akash. Thank you. Bonnie Penner from Corona, California. Love light to family and friends on the other side. Love light and blessings to Alan, Evan, Jackie, Brian, Travis, and Landon. Love light and balance of energies for myself. Assistance with mental and physical fatigue and focusing on the spiritual path. The next best steps. Love light and gratitude to whole planet healing and connection with each other and the sources. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, particular attention to uh, what will build your immunity and uh, your um, reserve of strength and energy. Um, within your daily uh, routines, um, how can you incorporate, uh, say, uh, mm, the 
um, supplementation of um, things that are not in the diet that can help you build your immunity. For instance, uh, antioxidants to help clear um, in the uh, to help clear uh, free radicals in your system uh, and to give you more energy. Um, you're doing well with the um, uh, realization of the uh, the materials that you're reading. Uh, we were reminded of the three things by the law of one towards healing. And you have some of these down very well. One of them is uh, to know yourself. And the second thing is um, the um, care of the body and the natural functions in your life and the details of your life. And the third thing is the uh, connection with um, the other side, the spirit. And when you're breathing in the fall, um, thank you. Thank you. Joe from New Mexico, I would like to ask for great help and support for my kitties, Tiny and Tony. Thank you. Thank you. We uh, see that diet for the kitties uh, can mean a lot uh, towards their growth and, and their uh, health. Um, with um, well thought out foods and enough uh, liquid hydration uh, and uh, the different components they need for the proper operation of their body. Um, there uh, are various veterinarian recommendations. A, a, a study has been done concerning um, the best diet for uh, animals towards cats. Um, Dr. Martin, um, veterinarian, uh, and we also send them a good dose of help. Thank you. Thank you. Edna from Snohomish. Thanks to our sources for the amazing support. I am not even sure if these words can express enough the immense gratitude that I have in my heart for you. You are my family, and I never will take you for granted for all you do for me, for my family, and for all of the other beings that reach out to you. The, ha the humble giving provided by you 
is a lesson for each one of us in this call. You help us to get closer and closer to understanding that we are what we are and what we can do to be a, a better soul in the universe. Today, I just wanted to show my immense gratitude and passion for the life and for having you in my life. 